Hey everybody, welcome back to The Elevated Project. This will be episode number seven. I'm Mike Costelli. Today we are talking about the anti-diet movement, the benefits of grass-fed beef, and we are giving away free consult calls. You'll have to listen to the end to hear about that one. I hope you guys enjoy. And there's like, you know, CLA is a supplement that was pitched in the bodybuilding community to be this like thing for leaning people out. Well, it absolutely doesn't do that. All the studies show, no, it doesn't do a fucking thing, but it's, it's has potential anti-cancer properties. Right. And we don't get that anywhere else in our diet. So from a density point of view, um, I think that's the reason. And I mean, there's, there'd be other reasons like, you know, it's like organic and it's like you're supporting local and stuff like that. But I think we're going to pay a premium. They should at least understand why they're doing it. Hey everybody, welcome back to The Elevated Project. This is going to be episode number seven. So today, it is just Christine, myself, and Jamie. How are things going in lockdown Michigan? (laughs) Honestly, it's not much different than my normal life, so. (laughs) (laughs) Already practiced social distancing beforehand. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. I've been been doing that forever. Yeah, being a massive introvert, I'm like, hey, yeah. totally awesome. I yeah. can talk to anybody. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, what have you been doing for training and stuff like that? Because everything is really locked down for gyms and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, so luckily, my sister had this like little setup in her um, garage. She has like a squat rack. She had this like old rusty men's bar with like plates they haven't used in forever. They're just like full of dust and I'm like whatever and so I I it's too cold outside for me to train in the garage so I brought it downstairs and uh I've been doing like squats and cleans I think I have like 185 pounds all together but with like metal plates I don't know if you saw yesterday I had all my my story I was like squatting with metal plates and I can't like drop it so I'm like it's like really awkward to bring down. It's like a man's bar, so it's like thick. Um, <laughs> well, so I'm, I, I, I saw you doing the front squats, and I thought, oh my god, is she gonna press that overhead? Because she's gonna <laughs> blow the ceiling out. <laughs> no, I, I'm like, could I jerk this? <laughs> uh, but then I've got some like dumbbells and and kettlebells and stuff like that. So, I mean, I can't complain. I have a lot more stuff than, you know, majority of people have. And I've been saying that to my clients that have equipment. I'm like, stop complaining. I'm like, you have dumbbells, you have this. Like, a lot of people don't have anything. So they're using like water jugs, backpacks, books in them. Um, Even like some of my clients, I'm like, if you don't have access to things, I'm like, then use like, cans of totally or, well what's ocean doing so she's oh, stuck so in my, switzerland yes my girlfriend that i was supposed to go replace in europe um she's hiding out in switzerland with her client and she's using bags of kitty litter <laughs> it's actually pretty awesome to watch her because she's like 
working out hard and she's like chucking around this i love that i feel like this is a feel like it's a big wake-up call for everyone to like invest in some equipment (laughs) oh totally like we just ended up dropping a little bit of money on some dumbbells and we've got a squat rack and bar and plates coming and and i mean eventually do that and it was like we're just gonna piece it together because we don't really need to because we have gyms and i can train at the fire department but it's like right now it's like all gyms are closed can't train at the fire department on your day off like we're not even allowed to go into the station so we're like well we might as well so yeah i mean we have right. things going but we still have to modify stuff and right? you know what i find is like a huge wake-up call for me because and i'm sure lots of other people have realized this too is going to like a commercial gym everything is just so comfortable and you everything is available and you get into this routine where you just know what to do and you know what machines to use and and um you know how they feel and how long it's going to take you to do something and or I just you know I'd get my headphones on and water and go on the stepper for like 30 minutes well I almost died doing real cardio outside <laughs> on stairs like actual stairs you actually yeah. had the old anaerobic cough when you came I home. Totally. Really? So yeah. I think, and my max heart rate at one point was like 181. <laughs> yeah. It was wow. Because one day Jamie's like, we were kind of getting at each other's throats. And she's like, fuck this. I'm going to run stairs. And then <laughs> storms out of the house. And, like, okay. and then she comes back and she's like, <coughs> at the total cough going on. And so I was like, yeah, that's like some real cardio. but And then um, trying to do so like, I rigged up like leg extensions with a band mm-hmm. and like hamstring curls with a band. But do you know how many times yeah. that fucking thing snapped off my snapped? Oh me. yeah, snapped off my foot, and I thought like, <laughs> holy shit, if that hits me in the face, like I. Oh yeah, been modification central, but um, I mean this this quarantine has like pushed me back into CrossFit now. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm like. Because yep. I don't have a barbell. I can't, I could do like some cleans, but definitely can't snatch. So now I'm just back in a CrossFit. Actually, yeah, <laughs> I have another client who uh, is a really good weightlifter. And every time I look at her story, she's like on the rower doing something, mm-hmm. burpees. And I'm like, and like, I'm going to come out of this thing shredded again. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, one thing, one thing I think we could spend a little bit of time yeah. talking about is, um, is how, lots of people all of a sudden are like complaining or like, Oh, you know, this isn't my normal routine and I, I can't get into a groove and you know, my diets, I'm all I'm doing is watching Netflix. This is actually probably the easiest time in everybody's history since the day they were born to actually dial shit in. Right. Cause you can't travel. You can't go to restaurants. Your social agenda I know is completely open. Like no one's doing anything with anybody. No, they can't, the clients can't lie to you now. No, you have to cook your food at home. Yeah. There is literally nothing stopping you right now. Right. Right. So other people look at it and be like, oh, I just can't get my shit. I'm like, what do you mean you can't get your shit together? I'm like, I'm like, I don't normally train twice a day, but it's making it really easy to train twice a day. Right. And like, I know we had talked, there's like some people who could probably, um, use some more flexibility in their in their diet or their macros right now but like also you have to be very careful too right now with like I think it's important to actually dial macros into a point because mm-hmm. 
I mean, you're not moving as much. Yes. Um, so that can end up being kind of a slippery slope. <laughs> or yeah. there's, there's other people on the other hand who normally have a very sedentary job and they're not working now. And so right. usually they sit all day and the only exercise that they might get is, going to, is going to the gym for like an hour, an hour and a half, maybe not mm -hmm. even. And how hard are they working really at the gym yeah. over there? Yeah. But now they're home with their kids. So they're moving <laughs> non right. and they're doing laundry and they're possibly mm -hmm. working on like doing stuff around the house that they haven't, you know, this, that they haven't had time for, or mm -hmm. they're getting outside and they're walking now because that's the only way that, you know, they can make sure that they don't strangle their children or whatever. <laughs> right. Right? So then there's the other end of the spectrum where people are actually are moving more. Yeah. And you might have clients that are like, didn't move as much and you had their macro set somewhere. And now you have people that are saying, I'm really hungry. Yeah. And it's not because of boredom and it's not because, you know, they're just complaining, but it's actually because their non-exercise activity thermogenesis is yep. increased now. Yeah. Right. Not just a like a paperweight. I've had clients right. on both ends of that scale where where people have like texted me and emailed me and they're like, hey, like my hunger's weighed down. I'm actually not doing what I would normally do because I'm just doing body weight stuff. And so in that case, it's I'm like, okay, we might have to dial your feedback. But yeah. then other people, I I have a client who's like, she's like literally, I've been training twice a day. She's like, I I have nothing else to do. So I'm like, right. okay, well, then we're going to have to adjust your food. So, I mean, it's, it's different for everybody, right? Some people, yeah. Cause like, go ahead. I was going to say some people are getting super anxious about mm -hmm. being inside, not having access to equipment. And that in and of itself is like driving down hunger. And then other people are like, well, I might as well just train. And so their hunger is going up. Right. Right. So everybody's responding a little bit differently. Yeah. Yeah. I have a, an athlete, um, who, now it's almost like more important for him to dial it in because he actually has more flexibility. He trains so much. Like it's like, yes, he's very dialed in, but he can still manage like a decent amount of flexibility because of how much he's training. Mm -hmm. But now that he's like, it's like basically cut in half. I'm like, now it's really important that we keep totally. things dialed in. Like totally. I don't want to change your macros yet. But you just need to stay dialed in on what you have instead of like some days going like 300 cows over or like. <laughs> yeah, I think most people, I think the sort of the first, well, really like we're in the first week, couple weeks of this going on. Mm -hmm. It's probably going to go on for quite a long time. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. Everyone has a different opinion on that. I don't know if we want to get into all that stuff, but I think people will settle into routine, right? Where that first yeah. week, everyone was like, fuck, no gym. But now it's like, okay, I don't have a choice. So I'm going to have to figure stuff out. And I actually, I think it'd be better for people because I think people are going to get outside more. It's like, it was, yeah. it was snowing, like it was shitty out yesterday. And so we, we just we were like, screw it. And we just went out on like, what was it, like an hour walk or something like that. Right? Oh so, yeah. I got on a bicycle for the first time in I don't know how long yesterday. Nice. Um, and there was people everywhere. I'm like, this is amazing. Like, yeah. We're still distancing ourselves, uh -huh. but they're, everyone's outside. Like it was just really, really good to see. It made me happy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I think that's important getting outside mm -hmm. too. Don't spill that coffee. Okay. Um, um, I think a good thing to kind of get into is like people feeling like they're going to lose muscle and like yeah. things like that. But like talking about 
how even just staying up on body weight movements, you're going to preserve muscle. Like it really doesn't just disappear like that really fast, especially if you've had like, you have a large training age, you've been training for a long time. Yeah. Um, but like people who are too good for body weight workouts, like you're basically doing yourself a disservice at this point, totally. <laughs> you know, as long as you're creating some sort of resistance, right? Even if it's body weight. I mean, mm-hmm. and if you feel like doing just like super fast air squats <laughs> is our, our, but you can slow down the tempo. Yeah, like the tempo. Yeah. Slow the tempo down on the eccentric and the concentric or do one and a half reps. Right. You I can freaking blow yourself up. You can blow up your shoulders with oh a tiny yeah, little band. Totally. And you know, yeah, because I mean, prior to picking up our dumbbells, we only had the light ones. So I was doing some higher weights or higher rep stuff. And I was getting pretty sore. And I was like, yeah. okay, this is kind of interesting. Like, so I'll normally squat like, you know, 315 for 10. Um, if I'm feeling good, it sets a 10. I guarantee right now, if I did like a Tabata set of bodyweight squats, I probably wouldn't be walking tomorrow. <laughs> like go do, go do 400 meters of walking lunge and see how you feel in the morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no equipment needed and your legs will be blown up. But yeah, I think. But yeah. I mean, I just like, I've been telling my clients and then like the workouts that I've been sending them are because if they don't have any equipment at all, then I'm just telling them to do one rep is one and a half. So they do one and a half reps and they're like, Oh my God. <laughs> and then there's, yeah. that one. there's that other method, the five, four, three. Yeah. That's five, a, That's interesting. Method. I had so never heard of really that. Interesting one. This is a good one. So let's just talk like basic push up. So you would go down into your almost into a full push up mm-hmm. in the bottom and you would hold it for five seconds. So you're almost in the, so you're holding it just above. Like a few inches off the ground, you mean? Yes. Hold it for five seconds and then do five full reps. And then do four. So you hold it for four seconds and then then you do four reps. And then you do that for three. And you do like three rounds of that. But you can do that for any exercise, not just push-ups. You can do it for air squats. You can do it for like shoulder press. Like it doesn't, you can just do it for everything. And what it does is it just, it's all it is, is time under tension. Yeah. yeah. ISO holding. Yep. For sure. I mean, I think that's really underrated. And I think. ISO also- holding and isolation. Yes. <laughs> ISO holding and isolation. I like it. <laughs> well, I think people, I think they're resistant to doing that because they don't normally do it. And it's just a different way of actually training. And a lot of people without a doubt, like, Time under tension sucks, right? I, oh, I know yeah. from a personal point of view, I don't like training that way. Right? And that's how I've always trained. Yeah, it's hard. But I think when you're restricted on your equipment and environment, I think you got to make do with uh, Yeah. So. Um, and it's mentally challenging to do that too. Whereas some people, you know, if they're already struggling with just having to work out at home, it might feel like even more work to try and do something like that. Totally. Mm-hmm. Far easier to just throw some freaking weights above your head and not count it <laughs> and not hold it. Right. Right. Looks way right. Like if you, if you videoed yourself doing those pushups, with the five, four, three, they'd be like, well, this is boring, but you know, yeah. you a bunch of weight up over your head. Well, that's exciting. Right. 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 <laughs> that's way that's right. better for the way better for the ground. Way better for the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you want to get into, uh, 
the anti-diet stuff? Yeah, let's just talk about that. Let's talk first. about the anti-diet movement. Yes. So something that Jamie and I have seen, and I'm sure you've probably seen it too, Christine, is there seems to be a move. And so let me preface this by we've talked about the downsides to, let's say, becoming hyper fixated on tracking your macros or tracking your body weight. And it can result in a lot of stress and anxiety if you lose sight of really why you're doing it, right? Um, without a doubt, we recognize that. But there's this big anti-diet movement right now, or maybe not big, there's just a few people who are sort of pitching this, where it's they're almost going to an extreme where it's it's wrong to count your macros, and it's wrong to step on the, on the scale, and it's wrong to even do any kind of diet. And I, I think we just sort of wanted to talk about that, and maybe not maybe not get too, too opinionated on it, but we probably will. But what are you, what are your thoughts? What have you seen? And what are your, what are your feels on this? So a while back, um, I actually, I mean, there's the anti-diet movement, but it's alongside with this like body positive movement. It's mm -hmm. kind of like, yeah, it's like intertwined. So I got really upset. Um, one time, I mean, it was last year, January, um, a client of mine's friend was, was shaming her for this, for counting macros, whatever. And like, it kept happening and finally it just set me off. <laughs> and so, um, I wrote a big post on it and, uh, it actually, actually CrossFit games reposted it and it, it went like, a ton of people were re reposting it and saying like, finally, someone has like spoken out about this. Um, and I just said like, Tim, in my eyes, like I'm, it's, you know, like embracing your imperfections and like all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. But in my eyes, it's people hiding behind of movement um, and using it as an excuse not to better themselves. Yes, I agree. Like they're just, they're hiding behind this movement and making it an excuse. Um, and I went into like a lot of detail behind it. Um, and how, how can you shame someone who's trying to better themselves? Yeah. Like it just makes no sense to me. And I think that there are a number of ways that people try to better themselves. And because yeah. it's something that's really easy to see aesthetically it's easy to shame people or it's easy to judge them on it whereas like okay like if you think of someone who um is is an extreme dieter that is doing it for all the wrong reasons and it is very disordered right, right? and it maybe it has something to do with body dysmorphia or eating disorders or whatever it is because you can see all of what is happening to them but i think it's no different than like someone who is putting all of their energy into something else else that is equally as unhealthy like um i don't know like what's an example of another thing that someone could do that like going to so let's say they put all of their energy into going to school and maybe it's not a good example but <laughs> going to but like but you know what i mean it's just like that they're they 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 completely isolate themselves to just doing that one thing and they, it breaks mm -hmm. down their relationships and yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, and it's, and it's negatively affecting all the other things in their life. I'm just trying to find an, um, um, 
an example of something that you can't see, but it's still like negatively affecting them. And I just think that with the whole anti-diet movement or with someone who is an extreme dieter, it's just easier to physically see. So it's easier to point fingers and say that that is unhealthy and you shouldn't be doing that. Right. Or even how Mike, like how we are, how how often do you get someone that's just like, don't worry about like counting macros, just, you know, just, just do what you want. Don't be so like chained to like, you know, that's totally disordered the fact that you are counting your, your calories and your macros every day because, you know, it's. Yeah. I mean, I think the people, I think there's this probably a small group of people who have had some negative experiences either with weight management or fitness or counting macros and they've developed issues from that. And then now all of a sudden it's been labeled at least in their eyes as like bad, any kind of like macro counting is bad. Diet is bad. That's not true. And this is, we talked about this before we started recording. Um, That's like saying grains are bad and they're going to fucking kill everybody. I'm like, that's not true. If somebody has, you know, diagnosed celiac disease, yeah, they should probably stay away from wheat because it's going to mess them up. But if you're not sensitive to gluten, there's no reason why you can't eat bread, right? Right. Um, And maybe that's a shitty analogy, but I think it's human beings tend to love to be extreme, right? We just love extremes and we love to demonize certain topics or ways of living. And I just see that with this anti-diet movement where it's just like, it's, it's not a bad thing. It's like we utilize macro tracking as a tool. It is nothing more than a tool. Let me read that description of what, so I found that this was, um, so macronutrient understanding and application does not mean restriction. It is education to understand how the body functions at an optimal level. Yeah. So true. That's awesome. I, I wrote. I wrote on that. I was like, just because you're counting macros does not mean you're dieting. Like, yeah. <laughs> I've counted macros for six years and didn't diet once. Yes, exactly. It wasn't for dieting. Yeah. Like, it's a tool. It's just accurate. It's quantifying your food intake. That's right. All it is. And then it can help disordered eating. And the same yes. with like intentional weight loss isn't necessarily always going to be a bad thing if it's done properly and it's in the pursuit of increasing the standard of someone's life. Right. Right. And people don't always have the intention when they decide that they want to change their body composition. I hate calling it weight loss because I don't want, if I was, I don't want to lose my lean mass. So I always say like changing body composition, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, But I don't, it isn't always a negative thing. And the person's intention isn't always because they want to look a specific way. There are people that need to do it because it is going to increase their health and longevity. Or their performance. Or their performance. Or, I mean, it isn't always something to do with aesthetics. And I think that that is that is one of the biggest misconceptions about it. If, mm-hmm. if you take a look at the folks that are really anti-diet and you take a look at maybe their background or their history, there's usually always, there's always a story about in the background of like how shit didn't work out for them. Or, They're basing it off their own experience and then yes. putting it onto everybody else. Yeah. And saying, no, look, look what happened to me. If you follow right. a diet or you track your macros, right. that stuff will happen. And well, the three of us know that that's not true. 
right? No, and I and I that is very true. That I mean, a lot of the people that you do see speaking out about anti diet is, um, is like one in particular is is someone who um, competed in bikini and ran themselves into the ground, which is a common story. Which is a common yeah. story, but I mean because of her experience and how negative it was for her now she's using her experience to try and deter other people from 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 dieting mm-hmm. with yeah. completely unrealistic information yeah. and that is not science based whatsoever right like i mean there's like just reading that one that one post about just the three different types of mm-hmm. of people right or the i'll just read it because it was a really really good post just describing so it's a spectrum of dieting extremes so there's like the diet extreme and that's like the people that we talked about who are um you know they want to live in a smaller body because they think that it'll make them happy mm-hmm. right or they like have that, yeah. really rigid rules and boundaries around what they can eat and and when and how to eat it um dismisses internal body cues of hunger, fullness, or enjoyment of food. And this is the, ex- for clarity, this, this is the extreme, extreme this dieters. Is extreme. So fad dieters, right? Yeah. Labels and demonizes food using terms as good, bad, toxic, or junk. Uh-huh. And leaves you stuck in a restriction cycle. Yep. And then you have the gray area of practices, self-care, body respect, neutrality, desires to lose weight or change body for oneself. So not for anyone else, but for themselves. They eat from an informed place, nutritionally, physically, and mentally, and they do not practice restrictive behaviors or fad dieting. And that's neutral. Yes. And so that's the gray area. It's a gray and then area. there's the anti-diet, complete body positivity in whatever size body you're in, rejecting diet rules and boundaries, demonizes one's desire to intentionally lose weight. Uh-huh. Tracking food is another symptom of diet culture. They reject the scientific evidence that weight loss may prevent disease or provide a healthier lifestyle. That's the, those are the people that I haven't, that I really struggle with. So you have someone who is technically obese, like morbidly obese, doesn't move their body, doesn't even pay attention to the food that they put into their body. And they completely reject anything science-based to say that yes, caloric, um, being in a caloric deficit is what will, you know, make you lose weight. Right. Yeah. And they say that it's not true. Yeah. That's extreme. They legit that's it's, say it's, it's it them is. hiding behind it. Yeah. Cause they don't want to put the work in. I think, yeah. And I think it goes way deeper than that. I think there's a lot. Of yeah, stuff. definitely. But <laughs> it's, it's funny how this, and I suppose with anything, obviously there's a lot more awareness on nutrition nowadays like if i think about it now compared to like 10 years ago 15 years ago there's a ton more awareness right and i think with that awareness there's always going to come extremes so there's going to be extreme dieters there's going to be extreme anti-diet people um just as there's more awareness about a topic i mean i'd like to think that like we sit in the very gray area right where we utilize it in a healthy manner right but i think i think we just wanted to sort of bring that to light and talk about the anti-diet movement. Well, and I mean, if you look at it, it doesn't tend to happen very much within the male population. It seems to be a female. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So 
does it come down to like is it because of jealousy i don't know you tell me yeah like and I, i'm just being i'm just throwing shit here. i'm not like i don't have any training in psychology whatsoever but um i mean there personally i mean there's definitely been times where i've been heavier and looked at like fit other fit women and gone like well fuck you you're just you know like <laughs> you know and and dismissed it as well it must be her genetics or it must be you know oh well she must be totally dieting and i'm sure she's not healthy and i think it's just a common thing that women do i don't think guys do it like that yeah. i think that it's a female thing yeah i mean we've talked about this I before know, like, do you think it's like do you think it's just from the social pressure that's put on this is kind of a getting into a, a bit of a controversial I topic. I don't know if we want to go down this rabbit hole. Um, but is do you think it's because of the social pressure that women put on themselves or that society no, I gotta be careful, but I'm gonna get some fucking nasty emails from people. Um, <laughs> or that women put on themselves or that society puts on women. Do you think it's from that is the why more women are affected than men? Or do men just not give a fuck? I don't know. <laughs> I know. That's an honest answer. I don't know. I don't know either, right? I don't know either. I mean, the part vast- of me also like it, I go right to like misery. Like misery loves company, yeah. so that's like a big one that I'll like tell my clients is like you have to remember like these people are in the place of like they're very unhealthy with them or very unhappy with themselves, and misery loves company. And so you have to be very careful of that. Yeah. And I think that, so here's the other thing that I think is often um, messed up too, is that as soon as the person hears the word diet, they think someone is dieting. Whereas diet is the food that you eat. What's crazy is like. Diet doesn't mean that you're, that you are dieting. And so like, I, I, I find that that word is, is like, it's misused. Yeah. Well, when I when I post anything on it, I try and use like nutrition. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. because of that reason. Yeah, that word. <laughs> it's like what? But I I hate how I can't use it. Like I mean I can, but I hate how I feel like I shouldn't. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Or like the crazy negative thing. attached to it, right? Yeah. Right. And it's crazy because like I was <clears throat> listening to Jordan Syatt and he's he tells people like when you're out and you're saying and you're on a diet per se like tell people you're doing a challenge and they're way more like okay cool but if you tell them that you're dieting they're like oh come on man like one night's not gonna do anything and i'm like it's crazy how you have to you have to go and say oh i'm doing a challenge it's just for the, people to the connotation that comes with the word yeah, yeah. crazy yeah actually he he actually did a video on healthy at any size. I don't yeah, know watched it. Yeah, it is. Um, it is good. Yeah, he and you put some good stuff out. He's yeah. so funny. Oh yeah. my gosh. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, for him too is like, or just what he was talking about is, um, I mean, it all comes down to how comfortable you feel with yourself, right? Right. Yeah. And so someone else like like just as example, like right now, I do my like body composition to me does not feel optimal. Like I do not feel awesome. 
and I'm just starting prep, but it's like, um, but I don't feel awesome. And whereas, you know, like Mike would look at me and say, but you look amazing. Yeah. Right. But I don't feel good. Right. And it, it's the same thing with you. you yeah. Know? It could be that, you know, you just, you don't feel comfortable where you're at right now. So then you're going to make the decision to take steps to reach a different goal. Mm -hmm. That's a normal way of thinking. But why is that negative? That's not negative. Some people view it as negative. You know, mm -hmm. and so I just, part of me just wants to say, like, why can't we just let people do whatever the fuck they want to do? I know. Talk no. about it. Yeah. I don't know. The, the, th the thing that like, I struggle with is just females eating extremely low caloric intakes. And so like, that's something that I put more emphasis on, emphasis on, but you're right. Like, I mean, I don't want to see someone eating super low like that, but also like, I don't know, like people that are going to do what they want to do. Yeah. Well, for sure. For sure. I mean, I suppose we'll probably talk more about that in the future too, but it's, it'd be, it'd be nice to see this sort of anti-diet thing kind of like just chill out. Well, Maybe it's just because we've been hyper aware of it all of a sudden. Right. And I, yeah, I mean, there is nothing more beautiful. And I mean, it's talking about women because it seems to be happens far more often with women is, and it, you hear guys even say this, but I'm just going to say it as female perspective is there's nothing more beautiful than a woman that is confident. Totally. And like her physique and her, and her being. And, yep. and so, but that doesn't mean that she has to be like, you know, 10% body fat in order to be mm -hmm. confident. Yeah. And it I doesn't think... mean that her hair needs to be a specific way in order to feel confident. It's whatever she feels confident with. Right. And so we are, we are all completely individual. We mm -hmm. all look different. We all think differently we our body sizes are different we all have different levels of being of what our comfort is and so i think that is more of what it should be about is just that we need to um be able to look at each other and say you know if if you're comfortable and you're confident with where you're at then that is the most important that is that is where you're going to feel best in your life right well, and, and there's nothing wrong to wanting, wanting to change that either, right? So. But I can guarantee you that if you are having a hard time breathing because of your size, <laughs> you, have you, sleep apnea. you have sleep apnea, <laughs> and you're having to take a shit pile of medication because of all of your health issues, that is not healthy at your size. That's not healthy at any and weight. And yeah. you need to have some consideration too with like, how does that affect the people around you? They're eventually really going to have to take care of you. And right. the fact that you're stressing because of the decisions that you're making that are, you know, you're not increasing, not even focused on your health and longevity, the stress that has on the healthcare system. Totally. Right. I think who was so, it? Someone posted on this. I think it asshole, was, but. no, it was, was it Naldowski or was it Norton? They talked about this a little bit. Spencer Naldowski talked about it. Both. Well, he's an obesity physician. He's an obesity physician, yeah. And, and like, well, but Lane talked about it as yeah, well. Yeah, it's like you can't have health at any weight. You get to a point of like, no, you're not healthy. No, and that I think that was it's, both of them just, talking about it. That's just denial. So. Right? So. Well, switching gears a bit. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on grass-fed beef? Um, <laughs> right out of the blue. 
like I was saying earlier, I mean, we talked about this before we, talk about we were this. on here, but uh, we did talk about this earlier. Yeah, it's not something that I put a whole ton of emphasis on with my clients. Um, that's getting pretty detailed and I like to keep things more simple. Like people have hard enough time getting in protein to begin with. So to start really focusing on like, okay, let's only eat grass fed. Um, you're just adding more stress to the pile. Um, I think like someone like me or you guys maybe, um, are more aware of it, but I don't think it's not like a, a make or break thing. Like it's not something you have to put a, t a lot of emphasis on. Um, one thing I do mention with my clients is just like being aware of getting variety within meat. So not just sticking to chicken every day, all day and like getting yeah. in, um, beef just because of the different types of fat. But yeah. yeah, I'm not like, I'm not a huge, I don't make a big deal about it. Jamie, what do you think? Well, I mean, it's the same thing. I think it, it, it's always, it, it depends on your client too. I mean, your clients might already eat it. And right. so then you just say, keep eating it. Mm -hmm. um, but no, it's, I don't put a huge emphasis on it when people are just starting out and have, you know, you have no clue about nutrition in the first place. And yeah, and you're just focusing on, you need to increase your protein, mm -hmm. right? right. The, I mean, the things for me, the reason why I eat it is, well, one, because it does, to me, it tastes better. Yeah. Not maybe not to everyone. To me, it tastes better. I can taste the difference. Big time. The place that we source ours, ours from, their lean ground beef is the same as extra lean in the grocery store. It's like crazy lean. Yeah. So really? that is one thing that I like about it is, um, is that it is leaner. Yeah. I mean, if we, I mean, in my, when I do nutrition seminars, I have a couple slides on grass fed beef versus grain fed. And I think, I mean, I'm, I'm pro grass fed beef, but I think people have to have the right reasons on why they're doing it. So one it's going to be a significant cost difference without a doubt. It's a premium product. Like when you buy grass fed, let's say grass fed, organic grass fed beef, that's been finished grass from start to finish. And, and one thing that we've come to realize is that there's very little control in the industry over this too. So you really have to understand your source. So grocery store, if it says grass fed, it isn't finished with grass. It's Prob usually, it's probably, not be, yeah. probably not finished with grass. It's finished with green. Yeah. More than likely. Um, but so, I mean, if we want to get into like the nerdy science on it, what, what is the difference? So lots of people will say to me, Hey, I'm going to buy grass fed beef because it's a great source of omega-3 fatty acids. And I'm like, well, if you actually take a look, the amount of omega-3 fatty acids is like a drop in the freaking bucket compared to actually eating fish, cold water fish, or actually taking a fish oil supplement. You're not going to be able to raise your omega-3 fatty acid levels enough to have any sort of difference. Is there more in grass-fed beef? Yes. Is it, is it a big difference? No, not overall, even if you're eating like a pound. So in a pound of grain-fed, actually I'll switch topics here. If we're talking about omega-6 fatty acids. So omega-3 fatty acids, generally speaking, anti-inflammatory. Omega-6 fatty acids, generally speaking, inflammatory. And people will often say, oh yeah, you know, I'm trying to reduce my omega-6 because I got to reduce my inflammation. And th that's like a real general overview of like, yes, that's, that's kind of partially true. Um, 
but the amount of omega-6 that you're getting in let's say grain-fed beef versus grass-fed is like really minor. It's a drop in the bucket compared to like a tablespoon of vegetable oil. It's like such a minor difference. So, and especially in grain-fed versus grass-fed, the omega-6 difference is going to be almost negligible. It's about the same, right? And there's a really good study from 2010. I think the author was Calder. I'd have to look it up. I was just looking at it before, before this podcast, but, um, they basically compare, like, I think there's eight studies on grain fed versus grass fed and the differences in the omega three, the omega six, and really what's the difference at the end of the day in buying grass fed beef. Well, the big things that you get are vicenic acid and I'll explain these in a second, um, conjugated linoleic acid, and then levels of like glutathione and SOD and vitamin A and vitamin E. So it's, all those antioxidants are going to be higher in grass fed beef. So there, there's a bonus right there. If you're like, Hey, I'm willing to chuck down maybe twice the cost for this. What am I getting out of it? You're getting more nutrient density. Um, as far as the vicenic acid and conjugated linoleic acid, those are naturally occurring trans fatty acids. Now people might've heard of like CLA or conjugated linoleic acid as that supplement you buy at like the health food store and it, it, it'll make you lean. It'll get you ripped. Well, it doesn't fucking do that. So don't waste your money on that. <laughs> Even though it's still one of the top selling supplements for leaning somebody out, it's pure bullshit. But it, they do have anti-cancer properties. And we don't get that from anywhere else in our diet. If you eat like whole unprocessed dairy from grass-fed cows, yeah, you're probably going to get some, some VA and some CLA. Or if you eat grass-fed beef, you're probably going to get some. We're not getting it anywhere else in the diet. So that's a reason to buy it right there. Um, so there's, there's not a, I would say there's not a, it's not a big return on your investment. If we're just looking at, Hey, um, you know, I, I need to increase my protein. What can I do? The, the first thing I would say is don't run out and buy grass fed beef. But if you've got your diet dialed and you're like, Hey, I want to support local. I want some high quality meat. I want to know where the source is from. And that's a big thing too. Then yes, absolutely. Buy grass fed beef. If you want to, kick your nutrition up a notch, take it to the next level, then I'd be like, yeah, do that. And, and that's what we do. Like we eat a lot of freaking meat, yes. a lot. Like it's stupid how much we eat. So um, that's something that we're just trying to improve. We're, like we're, we're pretty good with our macros. We're just trying to improve our micronutrient density in this house. So, so that's one thing that we do. So. And I mean, the other thing too, especially with all the stuff that's been going on in the world at the moment, it's um, you think about right now supporting local so this, yes. i mean this is totally switches big time changes gears changing right? gear a bit yeah but the thing is is that supporting local someone economy. and i think it was rob wolf or someone just posted about how well now we've realized that we can live without celebrities oh, yes. and professional sports but that we cannot live without local farmers and ranchers, ranchers. yes I thought so, that was an awesome right. post. It totally was... is because they are so essential. And I think that maybe people will start to realize their worth now. Their value. Yeah, their totally. value because so at one point we went at the grocery store, we couldn't get beef at yeah. the grocery store. So the all, I, all I did was I was like, oh my God, we can just get beef locally from Prairie Protein. Yeah. And so I just shot Michelle a message and said, yeah, like we, we need beef. She's like, okay, we're, we're bringing some in in a couple days yep. and that. delivered it and we picked it up. And it's awesome. That's great. Now, so. That for us is like, we are at an advantage because there are a lot of people in cities who they don't have that advantage. They are not right? have that option. Yeah. 
So why don't they have that option? And it's because I think we have gotten so disconnected from where food actually comes from. Yep. Yeah. Because beef isn't made in the grocery store. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, I'll be interested to see what happens when we take the girls out to the ranch. And they kind of get it already, but I'm just going to be like, this is where meat comes from. Comes from. <laughs> and it's funny. I had a, I had a discussion with a client a while back about the whole eating beef thing. Actually, I do want to switch topics a little bit. Something you brought up, you talked about clients that only eat chicken, right? Uh Yes. So what now as a female athlete, what is the female period? What's the downside to only eating chicken? No, pardon? No hemi iron. No, yeah, right. Hemi iron, yeah, right. I mean, beef is one of the best sources of hemi iron, and that's going to translate into better iron stores, better ferritin, better hemoglobin from a performance point of view. And better thyroid function, better thyroid, Um, better estrogen metabolism, yeah, because of your thyroid, yeah, right. So, So, I mean, from a performance point of view, for performance based female athletes, one of the one of the things that will absolutely destroy your performance the most is being anemic. One of the easiest fixes to your performance would be correcting a hemoglobin deficiency, right? right? Your ability to carry oxygen. What is one of the most natural ways to do that? Eat some goddamn beef. And cook it in a cast iron frying pan. Yeah. yeah. Now, now, on the flip side for guys, you, you might have to be careful with that because we end up storing iron a lot more than females yeah. for obvious reasons. We don't menstruate, right? So you accumulate that over your lifetime. Right. But, um, I don't know how many clients I see that only eat chicken and it's like this, you're yeah. a fat and yeah, chicken's awesome on a, on a gram for gram basis from a protein density point of view, chicken's phenomenal. Yeah. But the micronutrient content of chicken fucking sucks. Brutal. <laughs> I have a question for you too. Like when you, with your clients, when you give them their, when you give them their fat ratios, um, so do you, most of your clients, can they just source that fat, like from dietary fat in the meats that they're eating, or are they having to add extra, like supplement it? Because I just had this conversation with a couple of my female clients. I'm not sure what you meant by that. So Yeah. Do you mean supplement? Do you mean supplement with like, like actual supplements or other food? Well, yeah. Like adding in coconut oil or adding in peanut butter. Yes. They have to add that in. Okay. Majority of them. So, cause what I've been doing with some of my clients right now is I'm like, start eating meat that has a little bit more fat in it instead of just eating white fish and chicken. Yeah. So you don't have to add fat because if you're eating like 50 or 60 grams of fat a day, if that's what your macro is, macros are for fat. You shouldn't have to supplement. I mean, you shouldn't have to add yeah, in fat, fatty yeah. food. Oh, gotcha. Right. Like, like eat some some fattier meats so that you're getting that in the in like yeah. the meat that you're eating as opposed to just eating super lean white meat all the time right having to add in peanut butter almond butter coconut oil or you know like oils yeah. and fats like nuts even right so and to spin that back into the grass fed yeah. versus grain fed if we take a look this is getting super nerdy um some people kind of like this stuff if you take a look at the f- at the different types of fatty acids that are in grass fed versus grain fed. There's more now without going into detail, there's not just 
saturated fat. There's a bunch of different kinds of saturated fat. There's a bunch of different kinds of polyunsaturated, monounsaturated. The types of saturated fat that are found in grass-fed beef have less of an impact on your blood lipid and cholesterol level than in grain-fed. That's getting super detailed, but let's just keep it simple and say the types of fats that we find in grass-fed beef are more beneficial, at least from a nutrient density point of view, than would be in grain-fed, right? And you'll be fine if you don't eat peanut butter and avocado. Like there's yeah. other fats out there, right? Like if we take a look at, and if we go up a level and we just take a look at like, okay, what's the composition of fatty acids that are found in animal-based protein? It's usually about 50% monounsaturated, 50% saturated, right? So if you're just eating peanut butter and you're just eating avocado, that, those are great sources of monounsaturated fats, but you actually still need some saturated fat, right? Right. Um, so it's, yeah, I mean, increasing your like red meat does a ton of things for you as far as I talked about your iron, we talk about carnosine, creatine, carnitine, all those, the three C's that are found in red meat, you don't get those anywhere else. You're not going to get yeah. fish, at least not much. You're not going to get them from chicken, that's for sure. So I, I, I've always been a huge proponent of eating red meat. Like it's one of the most nutrient dense foods that we can get our hands on. Yeah. Like said from a female athlete point of view, it's in my opinion, absolutely essential. When mm -hmm. females start to re put red meat back in, and if they have amenorrhea, all of a sudden, lo and behold, a couple months later, they start to have a cycle. Right. Go figure. Why would that be? One of the main reasons is iron, right? So. Yeah. Cool. cool. Yeah, I just wondered because I know that lots of women tend to restrict fat in their proteins. Yes. That they yes. Eat, but, then, but then they're like eating, you know, tablespoons of almond butter and peanut butter. I feel like everyone, like even men though. And yep. I'm like, totally. I'm like, why... Why wouldn't you just get that fat in the meat that you're eating? So it tastes yeah. so much better. And right. eating all the like the nut butters and stuff necessarily isn't great. Yeah. For right. you, like. And I, if you I think that there's a difference in oh, if I eat animal-based fat versus plant-based fat in how that's going to affect your body composition, you're 100 percent wrong. I mean, it comes down to your total calorie intake for the day. Mm -hmm. Um, For but sure. I think it's important to mix that stuff up. Yes, avocados are great. Yes, peanut butter is okay. Yes, almond butter is okay. But it's just having that variety. Too. It's having variety. Right. So. Right. I think that was a great topic to touch on. Cool. What else do we have? Do we? I thought we had one more topic for today. Oh, I just mentioned the whole stress thing. Oh, God. I'm stressed. You're stressed. We're all stressed. No, I know. But people... So, because I actually had someone ask me... Someone sent me a message, and that's why I brought up the stress and the cortisol thing. Well, talk about it a bit. Okay. So, well, I mean, people are like, oh, well, my stress is higher now with all the stuff that's going on. Is it going to crank my cortisol so that I'm going to get fat? No. Fuck. Okay. So <laughs> it is true that when we're stressed, our cortisol levels can rise. Yes. What is one of the things that can happen when your cortisol level is Water high? retention. Which yes. in turn, what does that do? Makes you, makes you feel fat. <laughs> It's gonna makes make you fat, fat, she says. Wait, no, wait, it makes you stop. feel fat. Makes you oh, feel fat. Yes, there we go. It's, it's I'm, accuracy. I'm, my <laughs> fat with water. Yeah. Fat but but ret water retention, of course, is going to make you what? Heavier. Yeah. Heavier. Yeah. Yes. Come to the territory where there's sleep deprivation, yeah. it's stress, it's lack of movement. I mean, that's yeah. 
you know, cortisol plays a role in that. It plays a role in the aldosterone pathway with sodium potassium balance and all that kind of stuff. But in um, the grand scheme of things, mm. so lots of people, when they're stressed, what do they do? They emotionally eat, eat right? Most people, I don't. Me either. <laughs> I just go into a massive caloric deficit. I am the same. <laughs> I'm stressed, I just don't eat. Yeah. So, but a lot of people have emotional triggers and they eat when they're, yeah. so what does that normally do? Increases your calories so that you're in a surplus and a caloric surplus does what? Makes you fat. Yes. Oh, okay. So it's not actually. Don't say that. <laughs> what? what do you mean? Caloric <laughs> excess does make you fat. Well, it depends. It just depends. Oh my God. Now we're creating problems for ourselves. People yes. are going to listen to this. Oh yeah. Nasty emails. Yeah. yeah. No, I just, I just, I think that that comes up a lot where people are like, oh, I'm stressed. My cortisol levels up. So automatically I'm just going to get fat. Yeah. I'm it doesn't gain, quite work like weight. that. Yeah. No. You might gain some water weight. Yeah. But mm-hmm. if you're, if your macros are in, if, if, if your calories, if you have them in control, then no. I mean, from, from the point of view of someone who's done a lot of hormone testing and I've seen a lot of cortisol results, I think people spend too much time worrying about their cortisol. Yes. I mean, that's, you know, just worrying about it in and of itself can be an issue, right? I think I'm one of those people. Well, yeah. And I mean, I've tested mine a lot and I, I know where it's seen. I mean, we've tested yours a lot. Do you know where it's sit? Many times. I think we know over the sort of like, it's almost better to take a look at that over the long term than like a snapshot of a day or a snapshot of, of where you are. And it's, yeah. And if you have high, super high stress in your life, maybe not a good time to no. Well, and that's it too. Especially right? if you have nothing to compare yeah. it to. And the you thing- don't have a baseline of like when things are super cool. And then- I mean, right. like we know, like even, and, it, and this is like, so I used to do a lot of testing and I don't do very much testing anymore. Um, and the reason for that is the things that we would implement, let's say I test somebody's hormones and I'm like, oh, dude, yeah, you know, you got low cortisol and your T's drop and your estrogen's rising. Um, the things that we would implement for that would be the exact same as if we didn't test. If somebody came to me and said, wow, you know, I'm, I'm not sleeping well. Um, my workouts kind of suck and, and you know, I'm, I'm, my libido is low. How are we going to fix this? And so that's all non-quantifiable, right? It's just like qualitative measuring. Um, we would do it the same way. We take a look at the diet. We take a look at lifestyle. You take a look at maybe some supplementation, but that doesn't fix the problem. It's still the underlying stuff. Right. Address, address the issues that are causing stress. At the end of the day, yes, right. Jamie, it does go all the way back to stress. What's causing excessive amounts of stress. When I go train, I'm causing stress, right? That's a good kind of stress. You learn how to manage the stress that you have first to get it under control yeah become more stress resilient right yes. that, that'll fix the problem that's a, a very oversimplification of the whole hpa access dysfunction but um we don't always need to quantify where your cortisol levels are at or the average person shouldn't be worried about their cortisol it should be like more like how do you feel do you feel right. good or feel bad you, you feel like you got energy you don't you know address that so yeah. well Anyways, that was just my thing that i threw out there oh um oh the, I, yes i just read your mind you read, my, <laughs> I read yours. Yeah. so 
Yeah. So something we wanted to do now, if anybody is still listening to us after an hour plus podcast, maybe, you know what, maybe I'll talk about this in the intro too. Yes. So what we want to do, because a lots of people speaking of stress, so this is a beautiful segue. Um, speaking of stress, lots of people are stressed out about their food right now and their nutrition. They don't know what to do. And they're stressed out about finances because there's a lot of people right now that their employment is up in the air or, you know, have lost a huge amount of income because they don't have anyone to take care of their children and they're, you know, stuck at home. And right. So, so we wanted to offer free. 30 minute, 20, 30 minute consults to anybody who is, let's say, not a current client that wants to talk to us about their food and what they can do. Um, I'm going to put some notes into the Instagram post on this about how you can reach us. There'll be a specific email that you guys can email and say, hey, I want to talk to Jamie or I want to talk to Christine about this. You can decide who you want to talk to. And And Christine, do you want to just talk about like some of the the parameters we set up about this that we talked about just yeah well we talked about kind of like when you're emailing us um give us a reason why like why you want to get on the phone with us and so we can kind of like filter it a little bit um Mm -hmm. because i mean yeah and it's just gonna be me being the asshole here because that's just how i am sometimes (laughs) don't want it to be just people doing it because they just want free shit like yeah. that's what i was yeah. just hesitating to say like, like <laughs> i mean yeah. like, i mean there are definitely people out there who you know they're still making money they still have a job they you know whatever and can afford consulting this is not for you yeah right you know? yeah or if you want to nominate someone else if you know that you have a friend that is super struggling right now and they had to cancel their nutrition consulting, whatever. Um, you can send us an email and nominate them and tell us why they should, you know, we should help them. Yeah. But, but this is something we wanted to offer folks just to get them up and running. Um, maybe, maybe just get their foot in the door and, and you yeah. know, help them out a bit and stuff like that. Because I know right now it's kind of a weird time for everybody. So um, maybe should- they've been thinking about doing this for a while, or maybe you have been. And you were, you know, set for it and then all this shit went down. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, and it's might just be you just need to help like getting started. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll put that into the uh the Instagram caption on how to contact us. And uh yeah, we'd love to hear from you guys. So well, you guys want to wrap it up for the day? Yeah, and um just mention people leaving us uh reviews, how did you love it, anything, and five star rating. Yeah, yeah. And, all and that. please, if you, if, if you guys have topics that you want us to talk about or if you have questions, mm-hmm. then send us suggestions because we're pretty much willing to talk about anything. Pretty much, yeah. Yep. We yeah. Love, to, love to field the questions specifically. We, mm-hmm. we have lots of opinions, stuff we like to talk about, but we want to talk about what you guys want to hear about. So, okay. Anyways, for next time, thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs>